This is Family Electric Coach, and we're live doing a video podcast with Isabella Shower. Oh, Isabella Shower. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, and we uh, we sent you the questions, so I hope you have all the questions. We're going to go through our, our video interview. Uh, you are an artist from Kansas. Um, uh, where where do you live in Kansas? Wichita. Oh, cool. So um, you've been uh, you've been writing since you were six years old, right? Well, I've been playing piano since I was five years old, and then I played violin and saxophone growing up as well. And then when I was eighteen, I learned the guitar, and that's when I kind of began songwriting. Mm-hmm. So eighteen, you, you, you used the guitar as your primary writing instrument, right? And then later, it says that you learned saxophone and violin as well. Yeah, that was in high school, like elementary school and high school. Oh, okay. Did you uh, pick up piano to do like uh, when you when you song craft? Is everything from from the guitar perspective, or do you Um, use like a MIDI keyboard or anything like that? Yeah, I use a keyboard and a synthesizer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think primarily I use the keyboard more than I do the guitar. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I'm a keyboardist myself, and that's a really good writing instrument. Yeah, it is. And so, like, I usually start off and like, okay, the first question was like, when did you get into music? You said you started, you know, at a very young age, um, and uh, you really got a guitar at like 18. So, would you say your singer songwriting craft did it start at 18 or before that? Um, I think at 18 is when it began. Mm-hmm. So when, when did you originally start writing like your own music or were you just trying to learn covers and learn your instrument um, or did you I immediately first, have uh, like a, a, an inclination to write your own uh, songs? Well, when I first began the guitar, I learned by playing other people's songs. And then I kind of learned, I took some guitar lessons once and she gave me a lesson on theory and it just kind of opened my eyes to the music writing field when I learned that little bit of theory and what goes behind writing a song and it just all clicked with me and that's when I began songwriting. Mm-hmm. So did you have um, a particular influence? Um, like, uh, who were your, your, your musical heroes or people that like you use as reference points in your music? Yeah, I, I would say um, like alternative bands is what kind of got me started with guitar playing. Mm-hmm. So like back in the day, there was Silverchair, bands mm-hmm. like that. That mm-hmm. kind of got me into it because I started learning on an electric guitar. Yep. Yeah, because I kind of hear, like when I was listening to your music, I, these are some of the sounds I heard. I heard like Dale Bosio from Missing Persons. You know, she used to play with Frank Zappa. Um, okay. And I hear some Cindy Lauper, like some Yoko Ono type influences. Yeah. Like Nico from the Velvet Undergrounds. I hear like a lot of like, you know, experimental kind of new wave, new romantic sounds. Yeah. You know, being I'm kind of a, a, a big purveyor of uh, new romantic. I'm a synthesizer player. So my whole, I kind of grew up with jazzists and, and uh, yes, but then I got into like a lot of the new wave bands, like New Order, Duran Duran, Black and Seagull, right. that type of sound. And I'm a, I'm a synth player. I have like Moogs and Jupiters and Rollins and Yamahas. 
And that's sound I grew up with. And I do hear a lot of new wave in your in your music, or like what people yeah. would call today like synth wave, but it kind of started with like new wave. I do hear that. Yeah, I've labeled my music new wave in the past. Yeah, I do hear it. Yeah. Did you like that that era? Did are you it, I did, I did, yeah. I love 80s music and 80s bands. That's one of my favorite music. I even said like in the past that I was gonna try to make like 80s style type music yeah. that was more modern. Yeah, it's like the synth, synth wave. You get bands like churches, you know, if you've heard them, they kind of have kind of brought that new wave. They're actually using the keyboard from that time period. Like they don't, they, they actually went back and got like Rollins and Moogs and they just have this sound. It's, you know, it seems to be kind of resurgent. There's a lot of people who are going back to that era and taking pieces of it and put it in their music and you can kind of yeah. hear it in your music as well. Um, so like I, the question I would always ask is like, what, you know, what genre do you think you're in? A lot of people, you know, say, well, I don't want to be kind of tied down to a genre, but you said yourself that you, you felt like you were going to do some new wave stuff. But if someone was going to ask you today how you market your music, what genre would you tell like a radio DJ or somebody that's going to put your music on the radio, what would you tell them that your genre is? Um, when I distribute music, I always label it as pop. But mm -hmm. when I um, submit it like online for billboards, I label it New Wave because they don't have an option for pop on there. Yeah. So I label it New Wave there. Mm -hmm. I, I do, I do hear it and I do feel it, you know, in a lot of your music. So I, I kind of usually get into like the production aspects of music. And as a singer songwriter, a lot of us end up having to do a lot of production work ourselves. Does it, so do you do a lot of stuff on your digital audio workstation or do you bring it to a producer to finalize it? Or do you do most of that, the production work yourself? Um, I do the production work myself on a DAW. And right now I'm currently going to school at the LA Film School. Mm -hmm. So I'm studying music production and audio engineering there at this time. I just began, so I'm new. Which DAW do you, do you like to use? Which, what's your preferred DAW? Um, Pro Tools. Pro Tools, yeah, that's, the, that's a very popular one. I mean, I, I'm kind of in this new phase where I was into DAWs and now I've gotten into this like DAWless recording. <laughs> where a lot of like artists today are trying to use like groove boxes like Akai MPCs and uh you know 707s and just kind of get back to the old school of, of the 80s can it, it sometimes when you're writing songs it's like you could go back to like Bruce Springsteen on a four track recorder doing Nebraska you know where you go uh -huh. back and do it real simple or you go and use the complexity of the DAWs you can get really, really deep into it. And then sometimes you want to like, well, I want to do an unplugged. I just want to take an acoustic guitar or an acoustic piano and just record it kind of quickly. But do you ever find yourself like, okay, I have all this technology in a DAW, but do I want to simplify it or go really deep into it? You know, I guess you're learning, but do you have an opinion? Um, I like the DAW, actually. So you oh, find it useful? Yeah, I do. I really like the the things you can do with it, and it's just something I've always. I feel like I need that for my music. I don't. I don't know. Well, I think what it does is it gives you like the control that you used to only be able to. You had to go 
get a producer, you had to get a recording yeah. engineer. And, mm -hmm. and if you didn't have the money to spend, you know, two weeks or two days in our studio, now you can kind of just do it wherever you are. And yeah. so I think that, that kind of equalizes it. And then you can take the time, you know, it's a lot of it just taking the time to actually put the production in. If you had to do it the old way, because I'm in my 50s, you know, you had to go into studio and you had to pay a lot of money for the producers and the recording engineers and the mastering. And, you know, sometimes you're limited in what you could do. But now you're your own dog. You could take whatever time it takes and you're not you're on the clock. <laughs> so, right. so, to speak. so you find that that, that that it gives you a lot of, you know, power over, you know, some people are, right. they, come yeah. to, they really want to control the vision of what you want to do. Do you find you have a lot more control over what you want to, how you want to present yourself? Right. Yeah. Um, like I was really excited when I got my first DAW. It was just something so new and something I've always, it, like it was kind of like a dream. I've always wanted to be able to do this and the DAW made it possible for me to do that. Yeah, because a lot of times it's like now it's like with DAW, you could like if you, you know, in the old days, if you wanted an orchestra, you had to go get an orchestra. You know, if you, right. if you wanted a bass, you had to go find somebody that could play that bass. You know, find somebody to play a cello or something or mm -hmm. or a sax. Now, now with the DAW, if you if you can compose it, if you can think it out or, or write it out on the grid, you can add that that. You know, you can find a soft uh, you know, synth and bring in whatever sound from whatever era you want. You want to bring right. a 1920 German piano into the sound, you can go find one and bring yeah. it in. And you, you want a really good acoustic guitar if you want a spring reverb or a digital delay or space echo, all these like technical things that you would have to go to Olympia sounds do you have to go to you'd have to go to like uh you know Abbey Road to get a certain exactly. sound right you don't have to do that you can actually get that sound yeah and there's so much variety so many options that you have out there in the digital world right now with instruments that you can use and sounds it's just really nice yeah, I mean, I, I understand it, that that whole aspect. It's just that as a musician, I'm, I'm I'm kind of old school in that I use like uh, like Hammond B3s and like real like old synthesizers because it's a certain sound I'm trying to get in my music, and I find that the the hardware version, and I've had the time to collect them. So there's certain you know guys that I kind of hang with are all kind of what kind of old school. You know, the, the DJs I hang with are DJs that use vinyl instead of CDJs. And the synthesizer plays I play with, you know, they use the actual modes rather than the soft sense. But it's, 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 it's something you can do if you have it, if you have that capability. Um, but when you um, when you put down your, your tracks, do you ever uh, you do work or collaborate with other people? Do you have other people that you, you work with or because you're going to school, you kind of take advantage of your classes? to kind of give you more capabilities? Do you like collaborate with other folks? I never have. I've had people talk to me about collaborating, but it just never, we've never, it's never taken off. I've never collaborated with anyone. I would like to. Yeah, in the industry today, there's a lot of people that feature, you know, if you look at the, you know, in the, in the whole business today, a lot of it is based on being a feature on somebody's record or, playing bass on somebody's record or doing a vocal on somebody's record. So that's a good way to kind of cross promote yourself 
in the industry seems to be the, a cool thing if you ever get into that. It's it's hard that like, if you have your own style, it's very specific to work with other people. Then because so if you too. got this, I think I might have fallen into that problem a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah, it's, every, it's always good to like, uh, you know, it's like working in a band is like working on a team. <laughs> it's like if you're on a, you a sports team or you're in a team at work, when you get into a band, then it suddenly becomes like, okay, well, I have to compromise. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been a solo artist and I've been in bands. And if, you know, I tend to be the songwriter. And so if I get into a band and I'm writing the song, then suddenly, I bring the song to the band and the bass player changes the bass part. The drummer plays, you know, he's a drummer. He can change that my drum machine part to a real percussion part uh, that he's going to interpret. And and that part of it is like the the compromise you make as as working as a team to figure out who who's bringing the, the best A game to the project and then say, okay, I'll let that go because the bass player actually did a better line than what I could do. Or, or the guitar player played something yeah. different than what I and it's just cool to do that. You learn how to how to integrate yourself with other people. Yeah, I would like to collaborate with like a rap artist or an electronic music artist. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the, uh, the kind of trend today is to find ways to bring in other genres into your genre. So that's, yeah. that's, that's uh, cool. Now you've got a bunch of projects that are out there. I was looking at some of your 2020 releases. So you have like, can you tell? You've got Sharia. Sereth time, Sherith time, and Tourniquet. So, so which yeah. which do you want to talk about first? Uh, are your twenty twenty release? Um, you sure time is an album. Tourniquet is an EP that has three songs on it. So, um, there was a little. I had a little bit of a problem with my album release. You sure time? It just didn't come out on the day it was supposed to come out. And so they, they kind of got released close together. Oh, so they all kind of came out simultaneously. Yeah, that's always trouble. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's like that's the hard thing when you're like your own uh, management <laughs> or if you're yeah. working with people. It's like you work with the distributors, and then you know if you, you know, they 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 don't do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it was a story where there was a famous rapper named Earl Sweatshirt, and he was trying to like drop an album without anybody knowing about it to be like this, like just drop it and no, 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 no press, just do it. And suddenly, somebody in the press leaked it out. Um, when, when it leaked out, and it has totally wrecked his whole campaign. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very common that things in the music world, you know, it sometimes it doesn't go the way you want. Um, yeah. Which project did you want to have actually come out first? Um, it was You Share Time. Which that was the one. Come out first, the album. And then the other ones were supposed to come out like staggered. Yeah. So, which project do you think is um, the one that um, I guess you like the best as an artist? Do you like, and do you like everything you do, or do you have a particular out of your twenty twenty work? Which song, which set of songs or, or projects is the one that's like closest to your heart right now? Well, um, right now I have a release coming out July thirty first. It's called He and Her, May 11th, 2020. So um, that one is probably closest to my heart. I feel like 
as time goes on, I've progressed as an artist. So I just feel like the more recent releases that I have come out are just better than the ones that were previous. So that album, you really think you, 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 you're kind of grown as an artist and you're, you're feeling yeah. it. I know I, I, I put out a lot of material as, as the ghost. And I, most of the time I'll say like, well, whatever I put out this week is whatever where I'm at. at. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but, um, yeah, and sometimes I have like a favorite tune in my catalog that I say, "Oh, this song is the one I really, really like." Is there a song you've done since you've become, you know, an artist out there that you think is like your signature song? If you're going to show somebody your style, what what would be the song that is your signature song? I I really like um, "I'll Be the One to Say When." I just did a YouTube video or a video for that song. I just released it and. So I think that one is one that I really like. That's the one you think it captures what you're trying to convey as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, every every artist has their song, and then they, then you have the songs that the fans actually like. So do you ever like from the feedback with your fans? Do you always do you ever get surprised which song you've written that the fans like? This is what you like in your catalog. Um, well. I'm not sure. Um, it just seems like the fans kind of like the same ones that I would assume would be popular, more, you know, easy to listen to rather than just, you know, something that I primarily like. Um, like I would say, Can You Tell is popular. Okay. And that one, I mean, and I say that because it's kind of easy to listen to. It's, it's more, 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 more something you think people could approach or yeah. easily get into where sometimes as an artist, you do something more complicated or something that's more personal. It maybe yeah. doesn't, doesn't connect the same way that you did something that's more catchy. You know, if you do a really catchy, really cool uh, beat or you got a good lick, you got a good, uh, you know, tempo going on, then people get drawn to that, you know. Right. I like Prince, you know, everybody's like, oh, 1999, keep on playing, you know, or Purple Rain. But in his catalog, he's got stuff that's like deeper than that. And right. then he would always want to go. I used to see him. I used to go see when he was out playing. And, uh, yeah, I always, I, I'd see all the fans and they were like, oh, they would keep on yelling Purple Rain. But I wanted to hear a deeper track. Like, I wanted to hear something they never played. So I yell out some like obscure track. And, and it's like, everybody, I mean, like, what do you want to hear that for? Because <laughs> that's that's the kind of where I go. But um, yeah, it's interesting what musicians, uh, you know, how you how you deal with it. Have you um done a lot of live performing, or are you primarily like um a, a, like a streaming artist? Do, I'm do a you streaming do artist, but I do want to get out and do more live. I've done um a live performance once for one song, but it wasn't like a concert or anything like that. But I do want to go out and start touring. Have you thought like in the age of doing like live streams from like like a live stream kind of like uh, Facebook Live or you know? Yeah, I thought about doing that before. I think I've done it once on Twitter. Very good too. Yeah, because Instagram, you know, there's a lot of people doing like live streaming on Instagram. You know, there's that uh -huh. video game platform Twitch. There's a lot of musicians have because of coronavirus and they can't get to the venues. Right, and that's. Really when I started going out and playing live is when right before the coronavirus. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I used to play in New York and Boston. I'm in the Northeast. So mm -hmm. the funny thing is where I live in New Hampshire, nobody's into the type of music I'm into. Everybody's into, like, folk music <laughs> and country music. So the only way I can get, you know, an audience is I got to go into New York City and go play in Manhattan and play in the Bronx and play in Queens. Yeah. It's fine because, I mean, it takes, like, five hours to get there. But <laughs> it's uh -huh. like that's, that's where the audience is. And I'm not that far away. So, I'm like, if I'm going to play, it makes more sense than playing in, in, uh, in, in Concord, New Hampshire, or go play in New York City. Like, well, it's a kind of no-brainer. You're going to play New York. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are. Is like, is there are there a lot of venues to play for indie artists, or do you have to go to like? Is it hard to find a place to play? Um. Well, like the places to play here, um, they're kind of like cover bands. The majority of them. Oh yeah, just kind so of cover bands. Indie artists to find a place to play because they're yeah. kind of for cover artists. Yeah, it was interesting. I saw a documentary on the band Kansas. And you know the big famous uh -huh. rock band, and they had said that they had, they were just really lucky that they had this really you know awesome agent from LA that that somehow found them playing in Kansas City, I think, and then brought them to LA, and then they got big, and it was like this kind of like wow, that's a, like they were able to get bigger than what they would have thought they could have done because they couldn't uh -huh. get enough places to play, so they had to go to LA, they had to go to Colorado, they had to go to New York to, to get that, so. As an artist, have you thought that well, maybe I have to go beyond where you are to get? Yeah, I almost moved to Kansas City about two weeks ago. I had plans. I mean, everything went set to go, and I just changed my mind at the last minute. I, I don't know why. I had a job in Kansas City and everything, and I just changed my mind and decided maybe, to here. Maybe when at the right time, you'll you'll make that move because that's kind of like right. what you got to do. But maybe it wasn't the right time right now. But I do believe I need that to get out of Wichita. Yeah, just because it might not have the scene. It's kind of like, you know, you got to get into the scene. You know, I've actually started working with some guys in Seattle because that's still a really big scene. You know, it was known for grunge, but there's still actually right now that's a really big hip hop scene in Seattle, which I didn't, I wasn't aware of until I started connecting with some guys out there. And it's just interesting, you know like regionally what the scenes are, you know, in terms of the type of music. Like New York City is like every scene. <laughs> you, you can find new wave, you can find hip hop, you can find jazz, fusion, heavy metal. If you just walk or go around the Bronx or Manhattan, you find all these clubs and they just do everything. And, and the great thing about New York, if you get to New York, is like bands that play their own material, it, it's, that, it's like the best place in the world besides LA. Because you just go, if you go into New York City, and the cool thing is like there's music bloggers, there's guys from the uh, from like Rolling Stone and Spin Magazine, mm -hmm. the reporter in these clubs, and they're looking for new bands. And there's these in these clubs, they want people not just singing cover bands; they want to hear new material. It's like the CBGBs of the world. There's still places where they want to hear new material, and it's, I think for indie artists, like that's that's always what you want. <laughs> I definitely need to make a move. <laughs> Get to get somebody to get you to go to New York or get to LA and you know, get to the Viper, the Viper Room. You know that that's the the Viper Room. That's kind of like where you want to you want to go. You know, Whiskey a Go Go, Viper Room, CBGBs. These type of clubs are where you know indie artists can kind of break through. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. But but you know, this other thing going on with these podcasts. 
like what I'm doing is a, is another way to get artists all from around the world, you know, to get traction because we can push this out and get people. Uh, and a lot of people that listen to me are like producers, they're musicians, they're small record labels. So hopefully we can get the word out on on your what you're doing in your projects. We're pushing your um your link to your Spotify, and we push we can push out. Yeah, thank other you. I appreciate that a lot. Well, also, we, I think we're going to push out your overall website, too. I think I'm, I'm, I'm sending that out right now on the bottom. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate uh, this. Well, I think it's like what I found is a couple of years ago, I got brought into this podcasting because I was on SoundCloud and um, some uh, radio guy out of New York City named Rock Tunes said, hey, I want to interview you because I hear all this stuff on SoundCloud. So he put me on the show. And then I said, hey, why don't I go and try to interview all these guys on Instagram? Why don't we go out and try to find all these Instagram artists and interview them? So back in 2016, I started doing that. And then I, I switched platforms and now I'm on multiple platforms. But it's just been a really cool trip because I've, I've actually, you know, been able to collaborate and uh, mm -hmm. work with people, work with producers, work with musicians, work with uh, music directors and stuff. And you never know. You just you go do something for free and then things come out from it or you do something and then you get to a place where suddenly you start earning money from it. <laughs> you didn't you didn't you didn't try to earn money as musicians. A lot of times we just do it. because we love it? Uh -huh. You do music because you love it. You're going to do it. You want to be successful, but you, you just, a lot of times when I talk to you know, artists or creators, you, why do you do what you do? Right. You, you love it. Right. It all just kind of comes together that way, though. Yeah, I think you, you know, what I find is that the more you believe in what you're doing, then you'll find other people start to believe in you. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's so it, true. You definitely need to believe in yourself. Yeah, it's the way this industry is. I mean, there are always going to be people that will try to get you to sound like somebody else. Mm -hmm. But what I found, is if you're true to your own sound, people will come to your sound. Yeah. Well, I just uh, I know that you, you said you had a, a um, like a previous engagement, so we'll try to give you some more. Uh, we'll kind of uh, kind of finish this out. We'll ask some questions. Um, like if you're if you if you um if you could tell your fans anything that you think they should know about you, what would you would you say to them that maybe they didn't know? Um, I think. A lot of my music kind of focuses on independence. I have a very independent attitude. So, um, like, I don't like to be offensive, but I'm not sure how people who are more religion-based would accept me. But um, I am a very independent person, and that's what I focus on in my music a lot is independence. Yeah, like that free spirit. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, in the '60s, it was it's more common to see a lot of artists that were like really opening up. You get to, you look at like a Hendrix, like a Frank Zappa. You look at like you know a lot of a lot of interesting artists, like you know even Dylan. They were really kind of expanding people's horizons, and it's like not being uh, pinned down. Uh, and I've always been drawn to the people that would like push. The envelope, you know, whether it was jazz fusion with Miles Davis, or we're gonna listen to Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, or or like Great the Grateful Dead, it's just to, to be able to out be out there and be a, an artist and not care, you know. You, the, the Dead were famous; they're doing yeah. these like twenty minute long songs. 
And, and I do want to get more hardcore. I do. I plan on getting more hardcore than I am right now. Oh, getting more like punk, a little bit grunge? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit more extreme than I am right now. That's always good. I, I always like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of The Clash. I'm a big fan of like Garbage and and heavier yeah. bands like Trent Wrestler and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, that stuff is always good. You know, a good edge, you know, a good Ramones tune is good any day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're glad to have you on, on, on the program. Uh, Thank you so for having me. We're going to push this out um, to our YouTube channel and we'll we'll give you the link. And we can, we'll send you like through your email, like the, the MPEG of this. So you can kind of push it wherever you want. And then we're also going to take the audio and put it on our sister program on Anchor FM, which will then get it out to Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, and it'll uh, like uh, nine platform. So Thank it will get still be audio versions of this and video versions. And so um, we're hopeful that this will help give, give your, your music a boost and get you out there. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Everybody check um, this episode out on your favorite platform within the next hour or two. We'll be out there. So thank you very much for being on the program. All right. Thanks.